Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of Spirit of the Week. Of the week. We're only <laughs> just a little delayed but you know in our hearts that we're here for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a great guest on for you. This is Anne's friend back from their cater days. Yes, this um, is. I'm still okay. catering. You're still <laughs> catering. <laughs> Sorry. <go ahead>. Uh, <laughs> aren't we always still, still catering? One caterer, like, always a caterer. Yeah, you never quite leave the pit of catering. <laughs> Pit. the party down pit of doom the party oh, down pit of doom um but yes this is my friend Kailena Mai um we met catering like we just said but then it spawned to many um many bursts of friendship and trying to write something together <laughs> and then stopping and then trying again and then just hanging out and then just being lovely humans to each other so yeah and then she moved pretty close to me and so we became neighbors just like so we now the three of us Kai Brittany and I are like the trifecta of Los Feliz what yeah. up hey hey, hey. <laughs> that is yeah. I <laughs> that is I feel like that's, that's how all of the truest friendships are formed though let's not lie you know, like you don't, the truest friendships might not always make the projects, but they want to make the project together. <laughs> yes. And I think, I think that's why not only is Kai like so wonderful and beautiful and just delightful, but also like, she's someone who like does shit. So I feel like I'm so, so drawn to her energy because she's so proactive and artistic and magical. And I just, 
I love like at least trying to work with you, even if we abort our like. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm drawn to people who uh, can get as ridiculous as me. And I will say, you know, we did finish writing something and we, we even pitched it. It was just a sketch about abortion. And the people <laughs> were like, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. It was a ready for that on our platform. It was a musical about abortion. <laughs> a musical sketch about abortion that actually we wrote like two weeks before yeah. um what was that in 2009 yeah or, sorry 2019 oh, when um the first like abortion laws got overturned yeah um, and it was crazy because like two weeks before we had just like decided to write this I don't even know how it came about abortion musical sketch I think it came about because I know my humor is dark but like, I think we started chatting and we were like, this is just crazy enough to work. <laughs> this is going to be a YouTube sensation. And then we pitch it to a, company, a VR company and they're like, hmm, no, not. <laughs> that entirely sums up Anne. If it's dark and female comedy, that's that's her brand right there. That is her brand. You know what? Yes. You are spot on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very uh, spot on. Is, did this also come about because, Anne, you have a very famous uh, vagina costume that you just love to use? I don't. What? <laughs> don't you have one? I've seen many I'm photos of you. Because what is this vagina costume? I don't own the vagina. <laughs> but uh, you owned it. Uh, but I owned it. No, mm -hmm. someone, I, I honestly, so, what? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, <laughs> no, okay, so I had the honor of putting on that vagina costume, which had already been pre-made for a sketch team that Brittany and I were both a part of, um, that like technically hasn't dissolved, but is also pretty inactive. Um, <laughs> They had some sort of sketch about a vagina, and I'm not really sure what the original sketch was, but someone in, in the team before I joined had built this vagina costume. Um, it's just like an open vulva. Like, it's just like open to... <laughs> she was a free girl. She was my, No, I love that. One of my favorite... Uh, pictures that I have of me from college was the first play that I did that I got into in college was the vagina monologues yes. and to raise money for um you know production costs and whatever putting on the the show um we had a vagina bake sale where we like we sold vagina cookies we sold and there's this like picture of me with like two vagina cookies in hand and I'm smiling ear to ear <laughs> in my like freshman year of college and it's it's great um, I think anytime you're given the opportunity to pose with or as a vagina I think you go for it <laughs> I think you took it. But I just want to point out earlier, you said you didn't own the vagina. And I just want to make sure you know you do own a vagina and you should own it and own that vagina. I 
own my vagina. Okay, good. <laughs> but no one else is. <laughs> no, I also was thinking that as I said that, I was like, I should be a bit more feminist like about this, but I also, I don't own that costume. Mm. Um, but I do, I did get to be the vagina in that sketch and it was so wonderful. And it actually was the day. So it was the, it was 2016. Trump had just been elected. And remember January, that, that woman's March, that mm -hmm. was like, so like, it was like the biggest yeah. women's March that had ever yeah. been. Everyone had those pink, uh, for lack of pink pussy hats. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I actually, um, I was with my roommate, my sister and my mom, my sister and my mom had just uh, like, randomly decided to join i'm sorry just to to visit me that week weekend um and i we also had the show it was on like a saturday or something like that so we also had that show um me and my sketch team so my mom and sister wanted to come watch me perform live and um so we all we all went to the women's march um on we we took the the underground there or the metro what they call it here um and while we were sitting there, it was packed, it, like body to body females. Like I could have cried. Like my like raging feminist heart was like <laughs> out of my throat. Like I've never, like there were so many women just like jamming to get there. And the woman we were sitting next to on the Metro had a bag full of these pussy hats <laughs> and she just looked at us and she was like well do you want them and she was like I just made like I knit I made a bunch of pussy hats do you want them and we were like oh yeah <laughs> so we all we all got and like we hadn't made them but I had seen them around the internet and I was like oh man and then they were just supplied to us and it was just like that's what I that's what a metro car full of women is. It's like, oh, I made this. Do you want it? Let's Literal share. Literal pussy power. Right. It was beautiful. So then I showed up to our, our sketch team later that night to our um, show and I had the pussy hat on. And so I wore the hat as I wore the costume. So I was just <laughs> vagina. Like it was the best thing ever. It was so great. I love that. It's so great. And it's, it's truly how I... From now on, I just set up, I feel like we set a precedence. I, I only want to talk about vaginas for the first five minutes of each. I, I was just going to say, I really wish I had a ghost story about a vagina. vaginas, like oh, a, a ghost vagina, so I could mm -hmm. transition this real well. But I was like, no. I don't even know if the ghosts I'm talking about are female. So how do I go there? No, gender neutral. No. Uh, I think you should pull the rug, pull the rug. Like <laughs> pull the rug. Actually, no, one of the ghosts I was gonna mention was Elisa. Let's start with Elisa then. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> to start off with, like, what like what do you believe? What is your stance on ghosts or stance on ghosts and you know, paranormal activity and or aliens? Like what what are what is your stance on like that kind of like yeah my stance on on ghosts and and um paranormal stuff and extraterrestrials and all of it my my stance is just like we don't know shit so like why rule out anything you know right um, yeah 
And I, I fully believe, like, I very much am a person that believes we're all just made out of energy. I'm energy, just like this cup I'm holding is energy, just like this, the tree outside is energy, just like my dog who is farting underneath me. And (laughs) I fed him broccoli today for the first time, the puppy, and now he's like gaseous broccoli stink. Anyways, this energy and so is his little fart. Um, um, So, so I believe like when we die, where does that energy go? Right? Does it just become a part of the ether? Does it get sucked up into this white light and go somewhere else? Does it? Who the fuck knows? So yeah, why yeah. why wouldn't there be ghosts? I also love the idea that we are here to. I, well, I, I I think I believe pretty much in reincarnation. That's what I was about to ask you. It's yeah. Like yeah. I, I, you know, again, I don't believe in anything like a hundred percent because, right. But that makes the most sense to me. And so if we're going to talk about reincarnation, then I, then I think that there is like some journey we're meant to be on every life. Um, and so I like the idea of like the unfinished business that a ghost might have or like hanging on a little longer if they didn't get to do their thing in this journey um yeah but then so there's another part of me that's like but everything happens for a reason so if they died at that moment then their journey must be over you know I don't know I loved what you said and now I'm blinking about what I loved that you said (laughs) (laughs) I loved that you said that like every life like has like its journey that it's like I don't know. I I 100% agree with what you were just saying. Yeah. Yeah, It reminds me of like cloud Atlas where, you Mm. know, there was like a good soul. It seemed like they got better and better and to be a better person over time. And the same with like the bad people, they just got like worse and worse and worse over time. Right. Or like, if you actually look, I, I remember the first time really sort of investigating this idea of reincarnation was in, I took a Hinduism class in college And so they actually, we, we like learned all about their idea of reincarnation and the, what life's, there's a whole like sort of classification of lives that you can be reborn into. Mm -hmm. Um, So depending on how you live the life that you're in now, you'll either be like moved back a, a life step or like forward a life step, or maybe you'll repeat your same life cycle if you didn't sort of do anything with this life. Ooh, right. yeah, I believe that. I believe yeah. that too. I love that. I actually, um, this is specific to this time right now, um, but I love specifically the auditions of American Idol. Not necessarily like the whole rest of the show. Like I'm, sh- I, I know it's a lovely show, but like the o- really the only thing I like about it is the audition because I just love like watching people like put themselves out there and. I think last week, um, there was this like 15 year old girl who like, oh my God, she, she, I don't, I can't, I don't know her name, but she's just this like beautiful little girl with like super long, dark, wavy hair. And she listens to like heavy metal and like rock bands, but also like Ella Fitzgerald. (laughs) And her voice is like, Ella Fitzgerald 
but then she auditioned with a song from the Motley Crew. <laughs> and like when she was done, and so that she sang a, a Motley Crew song, and then they were like, okay, cool. Like they were all all the judges were blown away. And then they were like, okay, cool. Can you can you sing your like Ella type song? And so then she sang My Funny Valentine. And it's like, like I had chills. And like immediately I, I responded to uh, Katy Perry's comment was just like, well, obviously you've been here before. And like now your soul is reaping the benefits of like living, like living. Cause like, how often do you find like, you know, when you just like randomly find soulful old 15 year olds or like, right. you know, like, like a four year old that looks at you or says something so profound. You're just yeah. like grandpa. <laughs> you've been here before yeah you've been here and you've lived oh, and like, okay go oh, sorry I just thought of a ghost story that I wasn't even gonna tell because it yes. just yes. not it yes. just didn't even but when you said that oh my god okay I have to tell this right now because this is a story about tell it Brittany and I Brittany have have Brittany and I have a full belief in that like talking about this resurfaces memories that people yeah forget. Well, and this, so this isn't even my story. It's my aunt's story. So I have a lot of family ghost stories. I have some of my own, but I have like a lot of my, I have a lot of aunts and cousins and, you Love know, it. so I hear a lot Love of ghost it. stories, but this one in particular is really fun because, um, so my, my aunt and uncle, so I'm, I grew up in Seattle, Washington. Um, and my aunt and uncle bought this great house in like North Seattle in this area around Green Lake, which is now very expensive and shui shui and, you know, um, but, and they still own their house, but at the time that they bought it, it was still like this up and coming sort of like working class family. Um, and a lot of the, the, the homes around them were sort of being bought and remodeled and restored and so they got in bought this house um, and they were fixing it up a bit themselves mm -hmm. um, and they were a very young new family um, and they you know one day I think my aunt was cooking something in the kitchen my uncle was like fixing something in the basement they were doing some reconstruction they got this knock on the door and there's this man standing there and his little girl and he said I'm so sorry. Um, this may seem very strange, but we live two blocks down. And he said, my child is five and we pass this house on our way from the grocery store back home all the time. And she constantly points out your house and talks about what it looks like in the inside. She talks about the kitchen. She talks about the basement. She talks about, and I just there was something in me today that she, she was talking about it again. And I had to pull over. I'm like getting chills talking about it. I'm already <laughs> I had to pull over. And, and he was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. This is very weird, but is it okay if we just walk around your house? Because she thinks she's been here before. And I keep telling her she hasn't. And, <sighs> and so they start walking through the house and it doesn't quite look like the house that the little girl has described but she's describing things that my aunt knew the house 
used to look like before it had been remodeled even 15 years before that and then she started describing things that and this is like a five-year-old so she wasn't born you know and then she even so then they so my aunt's kind of going this is crazy like yes that used to look like this we actually have pictures from the last owner that this used to look like this and that used to look like this and he's like I I I think my daughter used to live here or like some, her spirit somewhat like she used to, you know, and they go outside and, um, and they're in the backyard and the little girl like points across to the other neighbor. And she's like, there's a pool over there. I used to swim in that pool. And, um, and my aunt was like, no, that's not actually true. There is no pool over there. And they found out like, a week later talking to the neighbor in the apartment buildings that were next door, that it used to be a property with a pool. And it just like, <laughs> it's so bizarre that what? like, yeah, this five-year-old is like walking through and pointing out things and like, it's so crazy. Anyway, so that's that story. That's, that's so insane because I swear, like you cannot get a five-year-old to do what you want them to do. Like, it's not <laughs> like you could be like, remember this, or even try to get them to freak someone out with a crazy story. Like they're going to do what they want to do. And right. I just believe that when they come up with these stories, it's because it is connected to them somehow. I just like, love that her dad, like trusted her instinct as yes. a five-year-old enough to actually go, okay, every time we drive past here, you freak out and you tell me something else about this house. All right, I, this may be insane, but I'll pull over. I'll trust you. We'll walk in here. Yeah, instead like, of being like, okay. Right, like, right. Taking your little daughter seriously. Yeah, like how many things do you think we do ignore that kids say that we like slough off as being childish or silly, but really there's something to it, you know? Oh, or do you ever see- yeah. Do you ever watch babies when they're like newborn? They they do that same thing that cats do. And you know, everybody says that cats can like see ghosts or sense other presences. Babies do that, like their eyes will get really wide in certain moments when they're just like glaring up at the sky. Yeah. And I'm always like, do you, are you seeing something that's in the room right now that I'm not seeing? And then yeah. what is it you're, um, there's something that opens up when we're born and the only other time that it um opens and closes is when we die it's a part of your brain it's like the um yeah it, it's like the amygdala that's not what it is but um a name like that <laughs> yeah. yeah I can't, can't think of the name of it um it, it's also there there's that drug that people can it's trying to replicate it right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um but it's but it's super weird and they also say that people who have like schizophrenia um, that they've actually studied that that part of their brain is actually partially open. Oh, so it makes me wonder if like schizophrenics are actually, you know, people talking to themselves, whatever, are actually halfway in this world and halfway in whatever world we are, we come from before this. I think I there's think no way to say no on that. Like we do <laughs> not know. And these people so believe it that's like they're the only ones that they experience how can we discredit them right yeah 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 I also think yeah the brain is such a wild and terrible and mystical magical thing like who knows but I also um I talked to my roommate about this a lot like she is in the firm belief that like 
evident by the fact that like no one really has memories like concrete memories before five that Mm -hmm. like from birth to five years old you have a soul and then at like five to six it switches maybe it's not the soul that was meant for like the rest of your life and maybe you get a different soul um or something like that that. documentary baby geniuses right maybe yes that's that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no I believe that though and that's like interesting. and like that's when so like that first five years have all the memories of the of a of a past soul and then at six then you are like starting fresh I, I I'll have to ask her about the intricacies of that again um interesting but like that's I mean that's I feel like that five years old ish is when you get most of what you were just describing that story and right. like you get all the kids that like, you know, are like, you know, th- there was always a story about someone who claimed to be John the Baptist or like claimed to be like this person or that person. And they knew the, the puzzle piece that solved a crime. And it's like a five-year-old. Right. And there's all these cases of like five and four-year-olds, three-year-olds, like knowing all this stuff they should not know. Right. Um, and then like after six, they don't remember any of it. They don't remember any of that information and they create a new awareness for themselves. Right. So like crazy. Yeah. It's cuckoo. Huh. Dang. If my kid yeah. doesn't come with some intuition, I'm sending it back. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need you to back. go back. I and have the receipt. Did I? <laughs> Again. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so right. There was a, there was a lady named Lisa. Oh, I'd love to hear about. Lisa. Oh yeah. Okay. Lisa. Um, so I just, I moved in, I lived for about six years in this apartment, um, with my ex and it was a pretty, pretty big apartment, but it was like a, basically a fourplex. Like it was like a duplex cut in four. Does that make sense? So yeah, I used to live in one top of those. apartments and yeah, two bottom apartments. We lived in one of the bottom apartments and the, the um, lady that lived right next to us had lived there for like 25, 30 years. Um, and the guy above her had lived there at least like 15 years. And then the people above us hadn't lived there that long um, because the tenant before them had passed away, but we didn't know this and neither did they when we moved in. Um, but my, my neighbor that lived right next door, who'd lived there for 25, 30 years, I liked to garden. She liked to garden. So we both have plants in the back and she used to smoke pot a lot and then just come out and want to talk about whatever odd thing. Um, (laughs) and so I'd go out there watering my plants and she was like a very aggressive stoner too. Like she'd, she'd, she'd like charge at you and like start a conversation, you know, and you'd be like, ah, I can't (laughs) handle all of your energy. But, um, but I, so we're living in this apartment and I just, from the moment that I walked through the door of that apartment, it was this gorgeous place with all this bright light. There was this area in the hallway and you'd, you'd been to that house before. So mm-hmm. that hallway between the bedroom and the living room yes. always felt dark and cold, cold and sort of cold. Yeah. Cold. Very cold. Just in that area. Um, and it was a big apartment, so it could get drafty. So I, I didn't think much of it, but the longer I lived there, there was always like, I don't know how else to describe it, except for like a presence in that hallway. Like if I was home alone 
And I never felt scared of it. It wasn't like I was, there was no, I was not terrified of it. I wasn't, it just felt like I never felt alone in that house. Yeah. Um, and, and every time I'd walk through the hallway, I felt a different energy. Mm-hmm. like between the bedroom and the hallway. And so I'm out talking to my neighbor one time and she mentioned something about ghosts. And I was like, yeah, actually, I think that there's somebody that lives in our apartment. Um, and before I could get anything else out, she goes, oh yeah, that's Lisa. And I go, what? <laughs> and she goes, Lisa, she used to live upstairs. She died from meth. She's all over this place. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, I talked to her sometimes. And I go, you talk to her sometimes? And she goes, well, she and I used to talk all the time when she was alive. And like, I just, you know, I just, ever since she passed, I just knew it's her that's been like cycling around, but she definitely, like, she's over at my place all the time. So if you feel her, she's there. And I was like, oh my God. And then she was like, Lisa was cool as shit though. So don't worry. She's not like a bad ghost or anything. And I was like, all right. And then after that, yeah. And then after that, I would like actually address the, the thing that I would like, anytime I'd felt it, I'd be like, okay, it's just Lisa. Hey, Lisa. (laughs) You know? So that's my, that's my Lisa story. Just this like ominous sort of, not ominous, just a presence, a feeling. Anything can feel ominous if we're not like a hundred percent, a hundred percent sure what it is. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Did anything happen after you like addressed Lisa? Not really. Um, my ex still lives there and like I've asked him about it and he's like, oh no, yeah, there's still definitely something here. I mean, little things like the the hallway and the light or the light in the hallway used to go out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all, it just was always cold in that hallway. Like no matter how high the heat was or it's just that little spot was always cold, which was interesting. Um, I was meditating one time, but like I was in a pretty deep meditation. So I don't know if this was like, just cause I was in like woo woo world or not, but I was <laughs> meditating one time and felt like something like all of a sudden it felt like something was sitting in front of me like directly at my face and I opened my eyes and I saw a shadow for a second like like something was there and then it was gone and I was like ha huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah right Lisa um yeah so but, but I don't know it never it never really scared me it was just a sort of presence um yeah I wondered for a little while when I first moved in if it was possibly my father because my dad died um like the day that I moved to LA I mean I he had been sick and I had yeah he had been sick he was in hospice care and I had been taking care of him and um he had this wonderful hospice nurse who had worked at the facility he was at for like ever. Mm-hmm. And she just, she just told me at some point that she thought he was holding on because of me or he, I, because I was like, I was the one who was primarily there always at the end. Yeah. And she was like, I, I think uh, she was like, I've worked here for, you know, so many years. And, um, I've seen this time and time again, where the soul actually holds on longer than the body actually has the ability to. Mm-hmm. And she was like, there's no actual reason your dad should still be alive. He's in a lot of pain. This, you know, his body is completely depleted. He's not yeah. eating anything. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and, and she said, so if, 
and she said, this is just a suggestion because of course do whatever you feel like is necessary and right for your family. But she said, if I were you, I would maybe choose a night where you just want to say your goodbyes um, and just see if that, you know, does anything. And yeah. I had actually moved to LA three months before was looking, well, my mom lives in San Diego. So I was like looking for an apartment in LA. I hadn't gotten one yet found out my dad was sick, immediately went back to Seattle, spent three months taking care of him as he passed. Yeah. Um, and then, so I just, I just sort of sat with the information that she gave me mm -hmm. um, and was like, okay, I have, I'm, I'm going to say goodbye. And so I packed up like all the contents that I had mm -hmm. um, and into my car and I was going to drive down to LA and so I just spent like my last night with him and I told him all the things he was unconscious pretty much at that moment, but I told him all the things I felt like I needed to say. Um, and then I said goodbye, which was like the hardest thing ever. Right. Um, and then my best friend got in the car with me to like drive down. We drove down to LA, literally the hour I pulled into LA, the hour we were like wow. coming through off the five through like Pasadena Glendale area. Yeah. Um, I get a phone call from my aunt, his only remaining um, sister and his parents had been gone a long time. Um, and she says, your dad just passed away. And I said, yeah. And I said, to, I said goodbye to him literally the night before or like 16 hours before. She said, yeah, he waited for, he, he waited for me the, this morning I started saying my good, goodbyes to him and then she said and then I called your sister because we thought he was slipping away my sister and I so my dad had two kids me and my sister my yeah. sister came and said goodbye and then like as soon as she he waited until like a moment after she said goodbye and then he passed wow which is oh like my gosh so crazy um then I had a couple experiences right afterwards that were just really odd, um, where I just felt like he was around and people say that like, Oh, they're taking care of you or they're looking out or whatever. But I, I was at a gas station in the middle of Hollywood. I think I was coming back from a work shift. It's like seven o'clock at night, not thinking anything. I pull up, I'm like pumping my gas and out of nowhere, this person taps me on my shoulder and there had, it felt like there was like nobody else at the gas station except for me. This person like taps me on the shoulder and I turn around and she's, she hands me a card and she goes, I just want you to know he's thinking about you. He let me know to tell you he loves you and everything's going to be okay. And I went, what? And she goes, that's all. And she walked away and I looked down at her card. She was a psychic. Oh, and I was like, Oh, oh what? I immediately started bawling yeah. in the parking lot and I was just like oh my god um which was yeah that that was insane and then I was in Santa Monica another time and this psychic my mom and I were walking past and the psychic was like can I reach your guys fortune you know and then immediately was like there's a big strong male presence in both of your life who has not been around in the last in the you know last year mm -hmm. um, but he is around just so you know it was like very bizarre so so I always even when I first moved into that house just to tie that back in I kind of went okay has my dad decided to like live in this hallway like what's the deal here um like this in this particular hallway yeah 
but it's funny i don't i don't feel his presence at all anymore and i did used to i thought it was like a thing that i was like maybe holding on to and who knows maybe it was um but i don't anymore which would make sense because like it's been like eight nine years at this point so i feel like yeah it's just super weird that is super weird didn't you say something about like was it you or was it Travis that said something about like a certain animal or was it Travis? It It must've been Travis. Yeah. Oh, I want to know about like a certain animal denotes that like a loved one is around or like a spirit is around. Oh, interesting. Was it hummingbirds and Travis's mom like hits them with, with like brooms to get them away? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yes. Yes, that is what it was that that hummingbirds. Yes, because in a lot that's what he was saying that in a lot of cultures, um, crows are the sign of like death. But in uh, Mexican culture, hummingbirds are and so his his mom or grandma or someone used to swat at hummingbirds with a broom. I I saw two hummingbirds today in two separate places. And I thought it was the magical time. So I have two neighbors with two separate hummingbird feeders and there's like all these birds that come around. So I don't like any of this. (laughs) I think it's just, I think it's so like the only, the only time I've ever heard like a negative connotation to hummingbirds has been our friend Travis, who is on like, like I think the Mexican culture, because like, I feel like every other culture or just like person fucking loves hummingbirds yeah right <laughs> they're so they're cute like little yeah they're uh, so cute and colorful and sweet and they like sugar they're like, very anxious though yeah it feels that way they're like yeah they're how i feel in the morning when i like check my phone too early before like waking up my brain on its own yes. and i'm like i'm behind i'm behind right or be or if the caffeine hits before your like, yes. has had a moment to adjust to it, but your brain is going, ah! okay, that's my actual life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick little pause right here. Uh, we'll be right back guys. <laughs> um, okay. I have a fun, like a- another woo woo wee ghost. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so my mom moved to Carlsbad, California, like 10 or so year- years ago. They don't live there anymore but she moved into this um, house. And when she moved in, um, everything was fine. They got it checked out as you do when you buy a house. All was good, electrical, water, power, whatever, whatever, all good. Um, But a couple months after living in the house, their, their fire alarm system would go off and it would start going off um, I think it was like the same time every night. It was like three 30 in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. And it would, but it would also always go off in one room of the house, um, which like drove them nuts. It was like that fire thing would just be like, meh, meh. so they thought, okay, this one's just a dud. We got to get rid of this. Yeah. Um, they had, they, they couldn't figure it out themselves. So my stepdad hired somebody to come look at the circuits or whatever. Couldn't figure out anything there. Um, the guy was like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Everything looks fine. Um, you know, maybe it's just some off thing and like, who knows, hopefully it doesn't happen again. So, you know, sure enough, a couple nights later, fire alarm goes off randomly, same time in the middle of the night, three 30 or whatever. Um, so finally my stepdad called again and was like, can you just replace it? Cause maybe it's some weird gimmick with this actual unit. So they replaced the thing. Didn't help. 
um, the thing's still going off. 3.30, mom is like, we have a ghost, you know, (laughs) because she's like super into that. And so she's like, there must be some ghost, you know, but she's just like teasing my stepdad. There was also like this creepy house next door where it wasn't creepy. It was like cul-de-sac suburban home, but people just moved in and out of there like really frequently like every other year there was like some new homeowner so my mom was like maybe it's something that has to do with the people in the house next door and the ghost is now living in our house she like was creating all these stories about it um and then I came down to live there the first summer that they moved in and like the night that I first arrived my friend and I came down we were like sitting out in their backyard and um I swear I saw some something look at me from the blinds like my stepdad had had a long day of work we got there in like the evening time my mom like put out little poo-poo trays and we were like eating snacks and like oh my that's god we're in California yeah um that, I, yeah I guess people don't say poo-poos that's a Hawaiian term poo-poos it's I, a, I knew what you were talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so we were like sitting out eating and there's like the dusky sun is going down and um my stepdad wanders inside I don't know like 20 minutes later I like look up and I see something peering between the blinds at me like looks like somebody's looking and I'm like is Bill upstairs and my mom's like no I think he's just I think he just went inside to rest because he was tired from work I think he's just napping on the couch and I was like no he must be upstairs because like something just opened the blinds and she's like well it could be the cats and I was like yeah it wasn't like the cats it was like they were peeled open like someone was looking Bill must be upstairs and she goes no he's not upstairs he can't no and she like walks inside and he's sure enough he's on the couch inside and I was like I swear to god I saw that and she was like "Ooh!" and that's when she told us the fire alarm thing yeah Um, and then we experienced it because I stayed with them for a summer and it was like all fucking summer long, like once a week, this random 3.30 in the morning fire alarm would go off, um, which was 3.30 like, is the time. The time. Is it really? I yeah. don't, I don't. The rem- witching I, hour is three o'clock. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I think th- people think of the witching hour as a couple different times, depending on like maybe culture, but like three 3 30 like if I wake up in the middle of the night and think it might be that time of night I don't look at my phone because <laughs> I it scares me because I know like so what is that though like I what? feel like there I mean I guess by the best way to say it is like most I don't know if it's like urban legend or if it's just like perpetuated throughout like scary stories but like one very notable one was like that Amityville horror house. Oh like yeah, the dad and like that's a that's a true story. Like that happened. Yeah. Um. Like who knows what actually was happening, but like at three thirty, it was either three fifteen or three thirty mm-hmm. every single night, morning, whatever you would call that. That's when the dad would wake up at exactly that time. Oof. So like it's this like demonic time. Oof. Yeah. So like anytime <laughs> someone says like 3.30, any, anywhere in the three o'clock realm in the middle it's of the trouble. night is it's trouble. trouble. I, don't want, I don't want anything to do with it. And like I said, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I don't check my phone because I was like, what if it's three? <laughs> and, and anytime I have checked my phone and it's been three, my heart will race and like, <laughs> I'll have to like turn on like 
like a Disney movie on my laptop to like make myself fall asleep because I won't be able to do it naturally. Anyways, I like have so many ghosty sort of woo-woo stories, but they're always like, I always feel peaceful even when I'm like, ah, yeah, same time every night. For some reason, I like, I don't know. I feel, I really feel like we, we just exist with another time zone almost. Like there Mm -hmm. are other things around us, but I do believe that there are evil spirits too. I just, I haven't encountered that as much except for when I was in just side note, when I was in New Orleans, um, there was one block that, um, I I was visiting New Orleans for a week and there was one block that like after twice walking down it, I was like, I refuse to walk down that street again because there was just this like feel this cold, dark feeling that would come over my body specifically when we passed these two houses. And I was like, I just don't, can we just go another way? There was like something really (gasps) Um, that sent chills down my spine. Yeah. New Orleans has got some, who it's got some energy, like energy you yeah. should call you should you should find somebody that lives in do you know luba do you remember luba I think yeah. Through, um, yeah luba chan yeah um i know who she is i don't think we ever really truly connected so yeah, yeah i yeah. know her in passing but no i right she, i wouldn't I know her enough she lives in new orleans now and i just oh. I, would, I would just wonder if she has any ghost stories since being down there because i was down there for a week and was just like what is going on <laughs> yeah, I could, I'll, I'll try and reach out to her and just be like hey we met for three seconds do you want to be on my podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um no, sorry, I've I've gone a little bit all over the place, but okay, back to the the three thirty ghost story. Yeah, so sorry, I also on, interrupted you. Oh no, you're fine. So this goes on until like the end of the summer. Um, I go back to college in Seattle, and my mom calls me like a month later, and she's like, "Guess what? The three thirty thing stopped." And and I'm like, "Really?" And she's like, "Yeah." And guess why? And um, so she was becoming. She's now a yoga therapist, but she was doing like yoga retreat weekends and all this stuff, getting her hours in. But would also take these side classes, or like sometimes the yoga retreats would have like a Reiki practitioner who taught a class, or a, you know, they'd encompass a lot more stuff. Um, So apparently they had one of the workshops, they had somebody who would come and clear your aura. Oh, my mom goes to this workshop and she said, there's about 40 people in the workshop and the woman running the workshop uh, at the beginning, everyone's sitting down. She walked around and she just pointed at about seven people in the audience. My mom being one of the seven that she pointed. And then to start the class, she said, if I pointed at you, I'd like you to come up in front of the room. So my mom goes up in front of the room. And she said, so I brought all of you up here because you all have very, very bright auras, but you also all have a dark spot within your aura, which I tend to think is a spirit who's gotten trapped in your aura, trying to find the light. Um, And she said this, I often see this, this often happens with people who either, either have experienced um, a death of a loved one or someone close to them, maybe it was just a neighbor um, more recently, or people who work in hospitals or people who work in um, retirement communities. Well, my mom was a, a physical trainer, trainer and yoga therapist or practitioner at a retirement community. Oh, um, so there were there were clients of hers would pass all the time because they were in their 80s and 90s and it was like a um that that's like what the community was. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so it was just really interesting. But then she went down the line of like the seven people. And it turned out like one woman was a nurse. One woman's um, father-in-law just passed away. My mom worked at the retirement community, all this stuff. So she was like, so all of you have a dark spot in your aura. You're literally carrying around somebody else's spirit with you everywhere you go. Um, oh. Usually they just get trapped because they either don't, they like go to the wrong light Sometimes I think it's because they're trying to stay in this world a little longer. Um, but she was like, but we need them to leave. So I'm just going to cleanse all of your auras. Um, and she did. And the 330 thing never happened again. <gasps> Stop it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Whoa. Of, yeah. Holy I, shit. Stop <laughs> it. I mean, yeah. Wow. Even if that is just pure coincidence right that's a beautiful coincidence right that's a that's a hell of a coincidence if yeah, right. coincidence. oh my wow. god holy shit yeah yeah it's great that your mom is like on these yoga retreats and <laughs> yeah happen to go by an aura cleanser <laughs> I've always really like okay so I've been to a psychic I've also had like a tiny woman grab my hand in the middle of the street and been like can I read your tarot cards <laughs> um but I would like love feel like I'd love to have like a Reiki cleansing or like a I, I feel like I'm interested in that kind of stuff but I also just like don't know where to go I Missy energy healer she's amazing I will plug her I will send you the link I've been to her twice I buy people her as a gift She's an energy clear, clear uh, cleanser and healer, and she works only over the phone because oh. she, and this was like pre-pandemic, she did it over the phone too, because she was like, there's no point in me coming to you. I'm cleansing your energy and energy is energy. So I don't have to be in the room with you to like oh. your energy, which I absolutely love. Um, first time I worked with her, she like changed my life, but she also talked about my angels and the spirits that I had around me, all these things that like, I still don't know if I fully believe in. I really, really new to me the first time I worked mm -hmm. with her. Um, the only reason that I worked with her in the first place was because my manager, um, my like acting manager had gotten a gift by a client to work with her. And she was like, sort of trying to create her practice. And so my manager, like, made this deal with her that if she like gave, if she gifted a bunch of her clients, like a free um, package that like, it'd be really good promotion for her. So I like my first session with her was free. So I was like, fuck it. Sure. I'll sign up for this strange yeah. energy clearing thing. Um, but I, I absolutely love her and I've been back to her like three different times. And even, even if she's literally not doing anything except for implanting thoughts in my mind that she has cleared my energy. And that is, and I have a powerful enough brain to go, oh, wow, this woman did this thing and now I'm cleared. <laughs> who, who the hell cares, <laughs> right? Either right. way, I feel better afterwards. Placebo effect or not, so. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I, I'll, I'll I send mean, her info. Yeah, please send that to me. No, I, I was actually just texting with my, with one of my lovely friends. Um, and we were just talking about like the power of like positive thoughts and how like I to I totally I, I totally think our brains are completely ruled ruled by our thoughts. And I think like obviously there's the outside world, but like we create our own realities within that world. And so like if you approach 
a situation with anger, it's going to be an angry situation. But if you approach a situation with empathy, like you're going to find the places that don't need anger, like, and you're going to, like, it's not going to be a terrible experience. Like if, you know, if someone spills a pitcher of water on your lap, like if you start that interaction with anger, then like, of course, it's going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe someone did this to me. Like, did it. But if you approach it with empathy and like, oh my gosh, like maybe, you know, I've had an off day before too. Like I've made mistakes. Like it's just water. Like it's not the end of the world. It's actually a really funny story. And like, now I can tell it and make, and make jokes of it. Like then it completely turns it around. Yeah. I can't tell you how much having a puppy is like humbling my everyday experiences. Like mm-hmm. the first time he like peed on my floor cause I didn't take him out in time. And I was like rushing to grab all the stuff. I was like, no, <laughs> two weeks went by. He like got car sick driving up a windy road shit yep. in my front seat. And I didn't think twice about it. I was just like, and we're peeling off that car, car seat and yep. it's done. <laughs> Because I went, okay, there's no, like, freaking out about this This does neither of us any good. Yeah. You're wasting double the energy. I'm trying to remember that too, or I'm like being anxious or worried about something. I'm like, like they say, like, it's probably not going to happen. And so whatever does happen, you're already going to have to deal with that. Why are you dealing with the anxiety of it beforehand? Like you're living too lives almost like two realities and like if you worry about something you die twice like I don't know that's that's strong your life in the present moment by worrying about it and it did nothing so you still have the shitty future (laughs) right (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) yeah I can definitely feel a whole different start when my first thoughts of the day are I'm behind Or if I start my day and I'm like, intentions, my only goal is to be intentional today with my work. Like it's, it's really like everything that happens after it can be the same thing, but my reaction to it is completely different by the way I tried to start my day. So I really hate like waking up and just that muscle memory of grabbing my stupid phone and sitting on the internet for like 10 minutes while my brain comes to life. I hate it. I know. But also be kind to yourself because we're in a pandemic and like that's what everyone does. That <laughs> right. too. That too. I journal every morning because I I Ooh. still also I, I mean I I did the um the artist way pre-pandemic um and I was still doing it when the pandemic hit and so they you start doing morning pages in that and I've just stuck to it religiously. Um I I used to write down the page number and I can't I stopped because it was like past a year at some point and I just kept going and it's like three pages every morning but I I religiously grab it like I used to grab my phone and so now I'm almost glued to like getting thoughts out and it's really good because even if I wake up feeling super like I'm behind or fuck this day or whatever it'll like expose itself on the page and then I can look at it for what it is and go okay this thing actually does make me angry and it's okay to have anger around this. And I'm going to allow myself to feel that emotion and then move on. Or, huh, I'm just sitting in the anger of this because it's helping to make myself small, which feels safer because 
moving past it feels too scary right now. Or like, you know, I can actually right. put mm-hmm. into context what's going on for me. Um, and then I try to finish that with a gratitude list, which used to feel so challenging for me until I was like, wait, this is my fucking list and I can literally write anything. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm, if it's the hardest thing in the world to do in the morning, which sometimes it is, I can just literally be like, I'm grateful for the pen that's in my hand. I'm grateful for the cup of coffee I just sipped. I'm grateful for the fact that I'm able to take a breath of air right now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. just to like, remember I'm here. Here is where I am. Right. Yeah. yeah. Having the gratitude journal is so, uh, I have a gratitude journal that I try and try and write in almost every day, but especially when I'm not having a good day, cause it will turn my mood around. And there's just, there's something about it sometimes where I'm like, ah, this is not going to do it. And then by the time I'm writing like the fourth thing, I'm like, okay, like you're going to be in a baby, Brittany. Like you have a lot to be grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, that's, I love that. That's amazing. Like it's so simple to turn your, you know, and I'm, I'm a dark cloud, so it's easier said than done, but like, it's so <laughs> simple to like turn your little brain around that. Like, I, I definitely need to do that more. Yeah. Do you have any more? I do have one. Oh, yes. We can keep going for hours. I think that has to be it. Otherwise I'm going to pass out. Okay. Give us your grand finale. Okay. It's not my story again, because I just have a lot of family stories, but I just love them. So I've like attached myself to them. I always remember. Same. I love it. I love it. My, my aunt Jan and her old hubby, uh, my uncle Butch, um, he, grandpa Mitch, I think his name was my uncle Butch's father. Okay. Um, These are great names, by the way. Butch, Jan, Jan and Butch and Mitch. Yeah. 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 I I do. I feel like I should, my uncle Butch and my Jan and Grandpa (laughs) Mitch. Jan? Yeah. Um, no, so <laughs> Washington. they, um, they owned a property in South Seattle and grandpa Mitch owned a property not far away from Jan and Butch and, um, his wife passed away a few years before he did. Um, and, and Butch and Jan used to go visit him all the time, but then he, when, when he passed away, they were, you know, they got the house and were deciding, did they want to turn it around and um, sell it or what they wanted to do with it? And my um, aunt Linda and her girlfriend at the time, Monkey, also fun names, um, <laughs> where they were, they, they were um, living together and looking for a place to be. Um, and so my aunt Jan and uncle Butch were like, well, why don't you live in, in Mitch's place for a while? So they did. Um, two interesting things happened. One, my, um, my aunt Linda was, they were all hanging out. So my aunt Linda, her girlfriend, monkey, um, Butch and Jan are all hanging out and they're, they're talking this a couple months after they've lived at, at grandpa Mitch's house. And my aunt Linda is talking about how she was finding all over the house, these green crab apples that would have like half bitten chunks out of them. She's finding them all over the house, but especially on the nightstand in the bedroom. 
Wait, crab yeah. apples are a real thing? That's yeah, not just a phrase? No, crab apple treat. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, okay. they're, like, they're not great apples, so you don't no. see them in the stores. They're like super tiny. Their flavor, they're usually more tart and like not, yeah. they don't really sweeten up very much. And especially when they're green, they're these like kind of crunchy. Our, they're great yeah. for pies. Yeah. Anyway, so so they she kept finding all these like <laughs> old um, or like half-eaten crab apples like all around the house, and there was a big crab apple tree in the backyard. Um, and so so she's laying in bed one night, and there's and there's like no. Um, she like looks at the the bedside table next to her, and there's no crab apple. And she turns to Monkey, and she's like, "Well, I guess you must have eaten the last one out of the tree, right?" And Monkey's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, the apples. And she's like, what? And she's like, you've been leaving apple cores, half bitten apple cores from the apple tree outside all like month long. It's been driving me nuts. I've been chucking them in the trash. And Monkey's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have not eaten any apples. So then they're telling Jan and Butch this and they're all hanging out. And Butch goes, wait, what? And like, Linda repeats the story and he's like, my dad loved his crab apple tree and my mom used to give him so much shit because he would half eat apples and leave them all around the house <gasps> which like is so crazy and Linda was like what <laughs> you know um but it was also like seasonal right because the apple tree only bloomed once in a while so like they she stopped seeing them around because the apple tree was no longer in bloom which is like super weird um but then also just a funny thing about that, like my aunt Linda and my aunt Jan would often end up on the phone together. And then one of them would be like, so anyway, they'd like start talking about something. And one of them would be like, so anyways, why'd you call? And the other one would be like, I didn't call you. You called me. And they both realized like, you know, this, this happened like four or five times where like neither of them felt like they had called the other one and they weren't sure why they were on the phone together, which is like super weird. Like, is that and it's super weird? some practical joke or something? I don't know. So that's- Oh that's my God. <laughs> yeah. I always wonder about the like ghosts like that. I'm like, do you just, are they just observing? They're just hanging out. They're like, I'm still here with you guys. I just want you to know I'm here. Yeah. Or like, I'm or just... are they are they stuck in that like? Oh, what, do they not know? They're what gone? did Scarlet talk? Oh, sorry, I talked over you, so I didn't hear you on Zoom. Do they not know they're gone? That mm. or like Scarlet talked about the um, like the repeat or what she talked about, like the the um right what was it called not why can't like my brain loop. work right now yeah like she talked about there being like a loop and that like some ghosts like they're not they're not even here anymore they're not sentient really but like a recording a recording i got it right um it's a recording like there's not they're not there for any purpose it's just that like so much of their life's energy like during their time on earth um, was put into doing these act actions. So if Mitch was constantly biting half apples and leaving them around, then like that that action 
right. lives on because there's almost a recording of his energy. Oh, if that was a yeah, right. So like, there's maybe not even any kind of like ghost there, but it's the trapped energy. Yeah, that is just so bizarre. Yeah, and I like I that I completely get on that train. Yeah, my when my um after my dad passed, my mom and I would call each other a lot, like probably more frequently because we had both just had this loss. Yeah. And so often we'd be in the middle of talking and it was usually when we were talking about my dad and the phone would cut out and I'd have to call her back or she would call me back. And mm. we used to be like, is that him like chiming in? What's really interesting is my dad was a big phone guy like especially when cell phones first happened he's yeah. nuts calling me every day in college hey kid just check it in you know whatever. <laughs> just like so I but so it could have been that right he also like owned his own business he's on the phone all day long just like a weird cycle of like he's chiming in yeah oh mm-hmm. yeah just just button in like yeah. want to check, check in on you yeah for sure I'm still doing I'm, my dad yeah. thing yeah, yeah, or but I love the idea that maybe it it wasn't even him. It's just like the repetition of or this like recording of this energy. So yeah. Oh well. And I I think there's also like there are I mean there's definitely ghosts and like people who linger or like you know that. But I I also think on top of that there is trapped energy. Mm-hmm. Like you were I mean like you were talking in the beginning. There's just everything is energy. Everything is you know made up of different types of energy and like why couldn't that be trapped in a loop after you're done like if you take the same you know I take the same route to work every single morning so if I were to have this job like some people have the same job for you know 50 years 20 years you know you do the same thing decades so like if I were to have this job please god no for the (laughs) 20 30 years um like, would I contribute to that trapped energy of like, get up, you know, I do the same thing every single morning. I get up, I put my coffee on, I take a shower. By the time I'm like, got, I've got my skincare routine done and I've put like, you know, comfy sweats on, I go sit out in the kitchen and I drink two cups of coffee. And then when I'm done with that, I get up, I like, draw my eyebrows on, put some <laughs> clothes on, and then I drive to work. <laughs> and it's all around the same time, obviously this around the same time, because I have to be at work every morning, this a specific time. Um, but like that loop could absolutely, I could just be like revving up an engine and like creating so much energy because then I go to work and I do my thing and then I come back. Right. So like, or like the next person, like if you had passed away in this apartment, not that you will knock on wood, but like the next person living there would always like feel the presence of you drinking coffee next to them. In the sure. morning. Right. Yeah. Oh, They'd be very inspired to keep a, a good skincare routine. Like <laughs> to I, make sure the eyebrows are correctly on. I right. hope my legacy is a skin routine and I, I have a real good skin routine. I have to say you um, do like, yeah, maybe like Maybe they'd find random tubes of sunscreen all over, or maybe. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it'd be a lot of sunscreen. I would say it would be a lot of sunscreen. <laughs> or maybe your. What kind of sunscreen do you use? Actually, let me grab it. I use Paula's Choice. It's. I think it's called. It's. 
Paula's I have Paula's Choice, Choice um, lotion. My mom just turned me on to that. Which Paula's Choice lotion do you use? Because I need a new unscented. Lotion. What? I know it's unscented. That's what I, I need. I have one little bottle. Fragrance is really bad for your skin if you have sensitive skin, and I have ridiculously sensitive skin. We'll share some beauty secrets, but I use I use 50 SPF on my face every single day and no less than 25 on my body every single day. Well, you don't need Botox, woman. You're going to have clear skin for life or yeah. plump skin for life. I'm the opposite. I like just let the sun make me leathery. And ironically, you have a clearer forehead than I do, so maybe I should be out in the sun. Yeah. It's like, I'm asking for trouble. Like I used a tanning bed at eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade go. I'm from Texas as well. So anytime we would go to the beach, we purposely wouldn't put on suntan lotion. Yeah. Like you put like baby oil on, right? Like we're trying to get burnt. Like yeah. that is our only goal of the day. Drunk and burnt. Drunk and burnt. <laughs> But yeah, Kai, thank you so much for coming on here and telling us your stories and creeping me out. <laughs> yeah, I realized we did a good um a good energy loop. Like we started from I believe in energy all the way to the like see promoted an energy healer in the middle of it. It's good. Everything is cyclical, everything is a loop. <laughs> exactly. That's right. where I was going. It's like that's how it ended. Yeah. Yes. Right. I love that. That makes me soup soups happy. Right. Well, thank um, you guys for having me on to share my weird stories. Yeah. We is there we seriously love it. Uh if there's anything, this is our little plug corner right here. If there's anything you'd like to plug, don't feel shy. Give us everything. Give us the list. Sure. I'll give it to you. I am a writer. I am an actor. I am a filmmaker. Yes. Um, I also just in the new year um started actually taking headshots for people as like a um as a, a job I've done it for a long time for friends and things but like I'm actually like started a little studio um so yeah so find me at I, I use Instagram more than anything else so Kylie at Kylie Mai, which is k-a-i-l-e-n-a-m-a-i um and then if you did at Kylie Mai photography you could find my photography stuff or www.kaleenamai.com and th that's all that in the show notes yeah that's that's it that's my plug and don't you have and missy the energy healer I'll, missy I'll, the energy yeah don't don't aren't you also doing a podcast oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> yes podcast on podcast yes um so travis um who was on a another episode of yours uh he and i and another lovely gentleman who's also in texas currently um named brian uh have a podcast called good bad bad good where we are um sort of reviewing uh all the movies that um are sort of in the middle right nobody thinks wow what a wonderful cinematic feat that was and nobody thinks like that was the room quality and like total poop um but like we um we've only recorded a couple episodes so far so we'll see when it actually comes out but we we did jeepers creepers we did water world yeah um, yeah so yeah so we're looking i think we might do the village next so you know all the fun oh ones. My God. Ooh, that's a good one 
See, that's why I love this because I hated that movie. I, I hated it. That, yeah, but then there are people who are like, no, it's a great movie. So no, then I, I meant that's a good one because it's perfect for your podcast because it was a- It rides the line. It was a bad, good movie. Like mm-hmm. it it had so much promise. Potential, yeah. Yeah, it had so much potential and then it just died. It just yeah. died in the last, what, 10 minutes of it? And then you're just like- uh, so that was a bad, good movie, while Waterworld is the best bad movie ever. Mm-hmm. It is a bad movie, but it is the best movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, but Travis definitely would not agree with that statement. Yeah. Uh, um, that sounds awesome. I love that concept. I can't wait to check it out. Uh, so, yeah, everyone go check out the show notes. We'll have everything linked below. And thank you so much for being here. And yeah, thank you. Yay. We'll see you guys on another episode of Spirit of the Week. So close. (laughs) (laughs) A three lag this time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 